Coming up this evening, live from New York City, the CEO of Goya Foods sees a food crisis coming this year. He believes Americans are going to have trouble feeding themselves. The U.S. ending a key pandemic rule for air travel. Visitors no longer have to get tested before entering the U.S. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Chenny Wu here for NTD Business. Gold rallied and stocks tanked today as Americans got to grips with the worst inflation report in 40 years. The Consumer Price Index shows prices rose 8.6% in the past 12 months. Food and energy, your basic essentials, are rising as fast as anything. But prices are rising across the board, leaving Americans with nowhere to hide. A recent survey found most Americans are under more financial stress now than they were a year ago. They're also cutting back on spending. In the past year, food prices are up 10%. Gas is up 50%. Shelter is up 6%. During the pandemic, the government and Federal Reserve has been digitally printing trillions of dollars and injecting them into the economy. This dilutes the values of the dollar already in the system meaning they can buy less with the same amount. Poor Americans have been hurt most by this policy. Financial assets like real estate and stocks have rallied. But if you don't own any, you've been left behind. And the CEO of Goya Foods, one of the largest food companies in the U.S., says Americans are going to have trouble feeding themselves because of a coming food crisis. He believes that crisis will happen this year. Our Stephania Cox talked to him today. And today's Faye Corder brings us the highlights. The CEO of Goya Foods, Robert Ununwe, says America is going to have trouble feeding itself. You think you see inflation now. Wait till the crop comes and into 23. We're going to see higher and double-digit inflation. Ununwe says farmers are currently suffering and they'll have to either run out of business or raise prices. Their costs are not yet baked into the cost of farming. Forty-some percent of the cost of farming is in diesel and in fertilizer. So if these costs have tripled or quadrupled or doubled, then the cost for the farmer it's gone way up. Goya Foods says that it's the largest Hispanic-owned food company in America. It sells everything from beans and meat to dairy and seafood. And its products are commonplace on supermarket shelves. Recent data show that out of 30 million people, 24 million said they had eaten Goya in the past 30 days. 19 million had eaten one to three packages. Yunanwe says the coming food crisis is partially due to a lack of energy independence, as well as rising shortages and inflation around the world. Countries are stopping exports because of these shortages. So there is going to be a food crisis. We're going to be finding ourselves dependent on others, exploited by others. Bay Quarter, NTD News. You can watch his full interview with Stephania Cox in our evening show tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Seniors living on a fixed income are being hit hard. As their dollars are being stretched thin, some are even skipping meals or afraid of becoming homeless. We hear from some of them. The prices. 72-year-old Joyce Silla has seen inflation eat through her fixed income, $1,700 a month of Social Security. It's gone. It's depleted. No savings. That's it. 
If, if I can make it from one month to the other month, that's good. She was the assistant director of housekeeping at a large D.C. hotel before retiring 10 years ago. Now a widow, she's relying on food banks for the first time and watching her power bills pile up. It's not a good feeling. I know I worked. I didn't take shortcuts. While inflation is hitting most Americans, many retired seniors face an added squeeze. For 10 million of them, Social Security, on average just over $1,600 a month, is at least 90% of their income. And inflation is far outpacing this year's cost of living increase on those benefits, though it was the biggest raise in 39 years. It's not just food and gas prices. Healthcare costs are rising, and many retirement accounts have taken a hit. We've gone through our retirement savings more quickly than we had anticipated. 70-year-old so Cynthia now, Tilford you know, returned part-time to a clerical job at a university in Houston to stop draining her accounts. Lower-income seniors are facing more food insecurity. Meals on Wheels has struggled to keep up with high demand. It's not good. 73-year-old Bill Teixeira, a retired phone technician, is skipping three meals a week to save on food. He says Social Security pays him $1,400 a month, and his rent in Sacramento just rose to $1,240. I could be on the street if it goes up too much higher. Seniors are becoming homeless at a faster rate than any other age group and skyrocketing rent costs could make it worse. At Culpeper Garden, a nonprofit affordable senior living community in Virginia, the wait list is growing. It's uh, doubled, almost tripled within the past eight months, I'd say. Hundreds of these communities nationwide are seeing the same surging demand. Seniors can expect a near record social security increase next year to combat this inflation. And for now, they can go to benefitscheckup.org to see what help is out there. Stocks ended much lower today after that red-hot inflation report. The Dow dropped 880 points, or 2 and 7 tenths of a percent. The S&P lost 117 points, or almost 3 percent. The Nasdaq fell 414 points, or 3 and a half percent. For the week, major indexes posted their worst week in months, all three down at least 4 and a half percent. Just in time for the summer travel season, visitors no longer have to take a virus test before flying to the U.S. The White House just announced the news today. A spokesman tweeted that the U.S. will end COVID-19 testing requirements for air travelers entering the country. He was responding to a CNN article that cited an unnamed official. It's good news for the travel industry. Different groups have been asking the Biden administration to end the testing rule. They say it's hurting travel and the economy. The rule will be lifted on Sunday at midnight, according to CNN. It says the CDC will reevaluate in 90 days. We reached out to the CDC to confirm, but haven't heard back. But it's a different story in Shanghai. It looks like the city will go under lockdown again. Parts of it, at least. It's only been about 10 days since the city got out of the last one, which lasted two months. Shanghai will conduct citywide mass COVID testing this weekend. Residents from five out of the city's 16 districts will not be allowed to leave their homes while the testing is being carried out. I'm a little bit worried because if there are positive cases in the community, we will be in a lockdown. I will also stock some supplies properly to prevent a similar previous situation from happening. Of course I am worried. The lockdown was just lifted on June 1st, 
We are slowly recovering and returning to some semblance of normal work. The residential compound next to mine has already been under lockdown. Authorities have ordered PCR testing for all residents in 14 of Shanghai's 16 res districts. Fears of another lockdown triggered a rush to grocery stores and online platforms to stock up on food. As, and comes as CCP head Xi Jinping shows little indication of moving away from the zero-COVID policy. China and the U.S. are engaged in an innovation race. But China could be stealing and exploiting weaknesses in U.S. patent protection laws to gain the upper hand. An upcoming movie titled Innovation Race takes a deep dive into these issues and explores how it impacts Americans. Host of Epoch TV's China Insider, David Zhang, speaks with the director of the movie, Luke Livingston. Luke Livingston, thank you so much for joining us here on China Insider. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, David. Luke, your new film is uh, telling a lot about the state of competition between U.S. and China. Um, define for us quickly what exactly is it between China and the United States when it comes to in your film that you, uh, you have been working towards? Uh, well, the, the film is titled Innovation Race. And in the innovation race with China, there is no prize for second place. People don't realize that if China wins the innovation race against the United States or against other, other countries, that they will control the world's technology, they will control the world's economy, and they will control you. China's moved into number two by stealing our innovation, but they're not satisfied with staying there and being a leading manufacturer. They want to move from manufacturing to innovation. They want to become innovators. They want to own the technology that they're manufacturing, right? So they've been very focused on looking at what America's done in the last 250 years and saying, what is it? What have they done right? Well, what we've done right is maintain this fantastic innovation engine called the U.S. patent system. But we have been shooting ourselves in the foot the last 10 years by weakening our patent system, while China is taking advantage of that and strengthening their patent system. It's basically about sharpening the competitive edge over China. But now you're saying within the last 10 years, things have gone bad. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, with the onset of the technology revolution at the turn of the century, you know, big tech was growing fast, right? New ideas were flying. They had to compete and get products to market really fast, right, to compete. And what happened was, as they were bringing these markets on, or bringing these products to market, you know, cell phones and technology had lots of patents in them, like your cell phone has hundreds of patents in it. Then all of a sudden, an inventor would come and say, hey, wait a minute, the technology you were using in that telephone, that cell phone, I patented that technology. And you're, you know, you're taking it from me. Well, big tech, that slowed down big tech. So they said, look, we don't, we, we got to find a way to, to hold off some of these small claims against us from patent owners. We need to be able to, to push them back and, and keep going. So they worked and lobbied Congress to develop a, a, a new law back in 2011 called the America Invents Act. And the American Invents Act was basically big tech lobbying Congress to say, look, we need to create a kangaroo court called the Patent Trial and Appeal Board within the patent system that invalidates all these patents that they're coming after us with. Like these uh, claims for patents. These claims for patents, right? So it's a way for big tech to basically use regulatory capture. They kind of capture the patent system, or at least part of it, to create this panel that invalidates patents. And it's, in, in, and it's fueled by money from big tech. So you can bring you know, lots of lawyers in. You can continually challenge these, these uh, inventors and people claiming 
you know, infringement by big tech companies. So that weakened the patent system. What happened is all of a sudden patents became less certain. Investors started to pull money back from patent, you know, patents uh, and, and investments or inventions. What is China looking or how is China looking at this situation? They obviously read our laws. They read what's going on. Uh, how do you think they will take advantage of the current state? Well, they've, they've looked at what we've done to weaken our own patent system, kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. What have we done here to in the United States to weaken our patent system? They've looked and they go, okay, well, hey, guess what? Before they did all that, it was working great. They realized this, right? So they're moving towards, you know, designing, innovating, securing that uh, global governance of intellectual property, things like that. I mean, uh, President Z said this in this recent, uh, you know, they want to get more patent-intensive industries up. They want to increase the amount of patents. They want to have world governance within five years. We can't com compete with China and win the innovation race if we don't strengthen our ability to secure our inventions and our technology here in the United States. Because some someday, big tech's going to have to deal with knockoffs and big tech knockoffs coming from China. And if they break, and if those things break our intellectual property laws, then we can apply our patents against that. And we can keep, you know, we can, we can have control over this. But if we don't, you know, let's get mowed over. Well, Luke Livingston, thank you so much for joining us for this discussion today. Thank you. Still to come, Russia saying goodbye to McDonald's. Former locations are reopening under new branding and ownership. Golf star Tiger Woods hits a new milestone. He's officially a billionaire, joining only two other athletes in the club. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. NTD attended the 2022 Automate Robotics Convention this week. The four-day event had a wide range of robotics exhibits, classes, and many keynote speakers from all across the industry. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. One of the country's largest robotic shows was held in Detroit, Michigan this week. NTD was there. Hundreds of companies displayed a variety of robotics. James Reed from Bislick displayed a Lego building bot but he says their robots have a wide range of applications. So this solution isn't really obviously practical for the real world, but it's really showing the different technologies that can be used and brought together to perform a task such as this. It has a wide range of uses outside of just putting Legos bricks together. We could use similar technologies to assemble small automotive components, do wire harness inspection, and quality validation on different parts. You might know Carl Zeiss is a camera lens company, but they actually make robots for car makers too. So what we're doing here today at Automate is we're showing our automation capability. Uh, we're showing uh, our sensors, our structured light sensors, measuring the different aspects of a car. Formic Technology is trying to provide an affordable way for manufacturers to automate. We deploy the system. They only pay for uptime of the equipment, just like hiring labor. And post-deployment of the system, we maintain, service, 
and reprogram machines as necessary so we are partnering with the end user to make sure we're meeting with their needs and providing them systems through a small hourly fee unlike going and buying automation. Goodell displayed their track motion overhead robots. So this uh, TMO basically uh, allows customers to move their robot uh, between different pick and place applications, machine tending, all the way to painting, washing, or even welding applications. Ilkechi from Formic says there's a huge potential for robots to be displayed in the manufacturing sector. Adoption and of automation is really slow. In the United States last year, there were about 40,000 robots deployed, but there are over 1 million open jobs in manufacturing that could be automated today. The automotive sector is the biggest industry that has adopted robots, but now many other industries are finding ways to leverage automated solutions, like in retail, construction, and food processing. Sean Marshall, NTD News. When you think pro golfer, you probably think Tiger Woods. The 46-year-old has maintained his supremacy as one of the top-earning athletes in the world. And now he's officially a billionaire. Forbes estimates he's worth at least $1 billion based on what he's made over the course of his lifetime. That means he's just one of three known athlete billionaires, joining LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Wood's big buck status comes despite reportedly turning down what's been called a mind-blowingly enormous offer from the new Saudi-backed Live Golf Tour. But when you break down the numbers, less than 10% of Wood's career earnings and net worth come from golf winnings. Most of his money comes from those enormous endorsement deals over the years. Fans of the Scooby-Doo series have a chance to embrace their inner Shaggy or Scooby. Airbnb has three overnight stays along the coast of Southern California in a recreation of the Mystery Machine, which is the van used by the cartoon characters as they foiled mysteries. This special offer is a tie-in with the 20th anniversary of the live-action Scooby-Doo film. Matthew Lillard, who pay- played Shaggy in the f- movie, is hosting the stays. They're scheduled for June 24th, 25th, and 26th. Those who book a one-night stay will get lots of perks, including a late-night viewing of the film. It's complete with all-you-can-eat snacks and other throwbacks to 2002. Booking information is available on Airbnb's website. If you're on the hunt for unique memorabilia, a showroom in Italy might have you covered. It attracts wealthy collectors from all over the world. They come looking for oddities or world-famous movie props to add to their home decor. NTD's Andrew Thomas brings us a closer look. Tom Holland's Spider-Man Far From Home mask looks out at an extraordinary collection of memorabilia. In the center of Arezzo, near Florence, is the Theatrum Mundi, a place filled to the brim with all kinds of collector's items. Our customer are people that want put some strange things in his home office, uh, yacht, uh, airplane, uh, society, so um, they want have something really unique. Cableri left the legal profession to dedicate himself full-time to memorabilia. His clients are the rich and famous, who look to spend enormous sums of money to own objects that might have been the stuff of their childhood dreams. It's why the collection is private and can be visited only by appointment. Arezzo, this small city, doesn't have a, a big airport, so they 
arrive in Florence, they take an, an helicopter to come in Arezzo, they stay here two, two hours, they buy and then they go. So it's a very strange, uh, strange world. So. One of the most iconic items is the chopper bike from Easy Rider, originally owned by Dennis Hopper. Bianca Barbagli, Cablari's executive assistant, recalls her excitement when the bike first arrived. I grew up uh, as a teenager with this movie and it was so iconic and see, you know, we had to unpack in the street because it was so big, the truck, that we couldn't, we couldn't get the, the truck in front of the gallery and so all the people stopped and looked at the bike. The gallery was considered worthy of the cover of National Geographic magazine some years ago. The publicity brought it to the center of attention and caught the eyes of many more collectors. Many tourists visit Arezzo to browse through the countless antique stores, but might be surprised to find it's home to some of the world's most iconic movie memorabilia. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. There are no more McDonald's in Russia. The fast food chain is one of a number of companies that left the country after it invaded Ukraine. So Russia is replacing it with its own fast food restaurant, set to open Sunday. Here's the logo. The company says it represents a little burger and two large fries. It kind of looks like an M, but the name or what kind of food it'll have hasn't been announced yet. Russians will find out on Sunday, though, when 15 locations are expected to open their doors. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, send us an email at business at ntd.com. That's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Chenny Wu. You can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thanks for watching and have a nice weekend.